It is a rendering unto Caesar what is God's. Now you go ahead and give your taxes to Caesar because that sure belongs to him. But he cannot. He has no right to take from God what belongs to God's. Not under the pretext that it's good for your neighbor any more than he can forbid you from preaching the gospel to a transgender person because they say it's not good for you to preach to them. Do you see Do you see the logic in our day? They'll tell you if you go and preach to the transgender gay person, that person's going to be all bent out of shape and they might even kill themselves. It's loving to let them be. Loving to let them do what they want to do, what's right in their own eyes. Are we going to give that over to them as well? In the 19th century, a Presbyterian minister found himself in a very awkward situation. Authorities had learned that his town was under imminent threat of attack. It actually doesn't, he doesn't spell out what it was. It was long enough ago that it, it could have been uh, that there were uh, First Nations people at the time uh, that were coming against them. Authorities had learned this anyway. And so there was this imminent threat. And so all the citizens were required to help with the fortifications. Now, it was the Sabbath. And the magistrate forbade churches from gathering on this particular Sabbath so that they might all help with the fortifications. Well, the minister, a godly man named Edward Payson, now known as Praying Payson, with very little comment, he's, writing, he's recording this in a letter, with very little comment, almost as if it was the most obvious thing in the world, records that he and the church gathered twice on that day, as was their usual custom. They ignored the magistrate, even though the magistrate wasn't targeting Christians, and even though it was for the good of their neighbors, supposedly. Instead, they submitted to a higher authority and proceeded to do what God had commanded all along that they should do. So, then let me put to you this question, a pointed question that is not theoretical, but one that I am sure in time will become very practical. What do you do if the government tells you to stop gathering for worship? We would like you to go back and do what you did so however many months ago, we would like you to stop gathering. What do you do? Oh, Christians, you gather for worship anyway. What if they tell you to distance from each other, stay away, treat each other as unclean, just in case some of you are carrying a disease? Will you greet each other with a holy kiss anyway? And if they persecute you, and they fine you, and they put you in prison, don't be surprised. If you are a Christian, remember you already died. You're, you're already a dead man. Gloriously dead, gloriously alive. You already counted the cost. Remember, you, before you began, Jesus had warned you. He'd said, listen, if you're going to do this, you're going to be my disciple. Better stop. Don't rush into this. Calculate. Think. You know how this works when you go out to build a house? You get set down and you figure out how much it's going to cost to get the supplies, the cost of the laborers, and you want to know, what's it going to cost? Can I afford it? Well, did you count the cost? The assumption is, yes, you've counted the cost. You're here this morning. You've already taken up your cross. You knew that as your master was hated, so you too would be hated. It was Jesus who said that if any man come to me and hate not his father and hate not his mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters and yes, his own life also, he 
cannot be my disciple. So he's not saying if you, can't, if you don't hate your family and you don't hate even your own life that you're a lesser disciple, a less godly disciple. He says you can't be my disciple. Discipleship looks different than that. Discipleship is, is to be so utterly given over to Jesus Christ that everyone else, everyone else is in the distant background. Now I want to tell you, personally speaking, that I find it so sad, pitiful really, to see signs on church doors which read, stop. When they should read, welcome. I find it sad that churches would limit numbers when Jesus never, ever turned anyone away, not even you. And it is deeply grievous to me to see the church allowing Caesar to meddle with what goes on in the courts of King Jesus, even allowing Caesar to take from God the worship that he deserves. If anyone told us five years ago, ten years ago, this would have to happen in our day, we would never have believed it. And we would, have, we would have said, no, no. But if ever it happens, it would come right out of the pit of hell. We have been deceived, Church of Christ. The day this church begins to allow Caesar to tell us what we can do and what we can't do here in the courts of King Jesus. That is the day that we should write Ichabod on the doors of the church, close the doors, lock the doors, and walk away for good.